Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt the Godfather Ely. Today we have a very special edition of Telling It Like It Is. This is our first sports edition. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this a long time. Um, I'm excited. Today it's a family affair. Uh, my, I got a couple guests in the house with me. Um, first on the panel is... Uh, my brother-in-law and the father to my amazing niece and one of my favorite people uh, guys hilarious and I like to call him the walking sports encyclopedia he's 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 the guy I go to for all my sports questions um my brother-in-law Tim Bouts welcome to the show thank you for having me how's everybody doing <laughs> and also on the show today I'm very honored to have um this man is one of my biggest heroes um the co-patriarch of the family and he's been around he's done it all seen it all my uncle carl ely hello everybody glad to be here welcome to the show uncle carl so there's a lot going on in the sports world today um so much to talk about i guess we'll start uh with one of my favorite sports um and that's basketball the basketball world nba right now um, one of the hot topics is people who love to compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan. There's when it comes to LeBron James and Kevin Durant, the superstars of the NBA right now. I think it's pretty safe to say you have like one of two people. You have people that either love the guys, or you have the people that hate the guys. And the people who hate, for instance, LeBron call the people who are his fans bandwagons or LeBronites or whatever. And then you have the people that love LeBron, LeBron who view the people who hate him as on the bandwagon of loving to hate this guy. Um, I guess one of my first questions is, and this is really geared towards you, Uncle Carl, because is this comparison thing, is this, is this, a, is this a new thing or did you see it happen, you know, back like when I was coming up, Michael, I grew up in the 90s. I was a kid. Michael Jordan was the man. Was there ever comparisons? Did people try to compare him to anybody from your era? Uh, oh, sure. They, they, they tried to compare him to uh, the uh, teams that had guards like the that were pretty good, like the Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, um, Earl Frazier, and, 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 and the like. But you can't compare era to era. Or even... Uh, go back as far as Bob Cusey, you know, who played for the for Boston. You can't compare uh, people in Jordan's age with people who played back then. It was a entirely different game, uh, and those entirely different game plan back in the day. It was a big man's game, so it's entirely right. different. Where the emphasis now, or in Jordan's time, was leaning towards the guard, the shooting guard, like that. Mm-hmm. What would you say, Tim? Yeah, the game's totally different. I I don't I don't agree with uh, trying to compare eras. It's it's too tar- too tough to do, in so many different ways. The rules are totally different for one, so that alone just sets apart eras. And just like Uncle Carl did say, the game used to be a big man's game. Then it kind of went into like you know the shooting guard game more like how it is now. And now it's even further into that. It's just a three point game, like you know. Warriors are, uh, you know, one of the best teams ever, I would say. And 
they don't even play a big man most of the time. They don't even have a true center. They haven't really had one on the court for most of their championship run. Mm. So the game's totally changed. So comparing eras is really hard to do. I don't, I don't like to compare eras. Yeah, I, I'd say the same too. Anytime I hear someone say that, I'm always like, first of all, what does it matter? What is the what is the need to compare the players right now? To someone of the past, like, like first of all, it's like you can't. I, I, there's never going to be another Michael Jordan because right. Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, uh, and I I feel like you see like these memes on the internet. People that are obsessed. It's always like trying to destroy destroy the merit of someone's talent. And to me, it's it's like I don't understand why why do people hate LeBron so much? Well, the reason I one of the big reasons why obviously people that are if you're great like that you're so great you're always gonna get the haters people are just gonna hate because it comes natural, but LeBron did kind of put himself in a tough spot back when he left Cleveland for the first time, said he's taking his talent to South Beach all that stuff he had a show they did a show on it on ESPN oh, yeah. mm-hmm. hour long special, and you know he's just he left he left you know his hometown team to go chase a championship as we say you know he went down teamed up with Wade they brought in Bosch created you know the most recent version of a super team and uh he's it's hard it was hard for him to come all the way back from that to where he's still not but he's you know since going back to Cleveland and getting them a chip and now everybody's kind of uh pushing more of their hate towards uh the Warriors, because they've been so dominant now, and especially Durant after, you know, Durant's getting a lot of heat this year because he just left OKC and went to the Warriors. So now a lot of the hate is getting pushed towards him. But uh, that's the main reason why I think – I mean, I I was I had a problem with the way he left Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a reason why he got a lot of the hate that he's gotten, and it's kind of sustained itself over the years. I've kind of – I've gotten over it, but I was – it was it was a little bit. It took me a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh, I get that the but the way where I being objective the way I was looked at it with I get it the, the special the dramatics, but I kind of right. attribute that to the just the overall uh, climate of the way sports is today. Period. Like athletes try to find as many ways as they can to make money, um, endorsements, and I feel like sometimes those attentions like those specials. It, I don't think it was just his idea. ESPN, as someone who works in media, we know like if you, you get if you're getting airtime, if you're drawing viewership, there's money being made. Sponsors right. are paying it or whatever. So I was kind of like, I mean, at the time, and maybe like I said, for me, it was a little different because I worked in media. I was like, yeah, this wasn't his idea. Someone from the network was like, I have an idea. For probably sure. his agent. Why don't we do it this way? And they, they probably did. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, LeBron didn't make a cent off of that. Um, because he, I'm pretty sure the proceeds of what he did get from that, he donated right to charity. We all know LeBron's got plenty of money. He's probably going to be the first billion dollar athlete, but, um, it just left a bad taste in people's mouth either way, either way, you know, you look at it, it was just kind of, cause I'm a big fan of like, you know, staying at home, sticking around, especially if you can, someone like that, he got drafted by Cleveland, he's from Akron and yeah, like I said, it just left a bad taste in people's mouths going to chase the chip with another team. Yeah, I think Matthew hit it on the on the line there. It's it's a business, and and uh, the people who are sponsoring these teams, uh, they are in it to make money. So, uh, and I don't think LeBron did anything much different than any other uh, athlete. You know, if he got a chance to move, but he was moving in order to uh, 
better his chances of getting a championship, which he got when he moved to the Heat. And then he, he, okay, I'm coming, I'll go back to Cleveland, where I started from, Mm -hmm. and try to do the same for them. Oh, yeah, people are going to grouse about him. They grouse about, you know, whoever moved. Look at, uh, like, um, Durant. Durant, who yep. moved to the Warriors. He wanted a championship, mm-hmm. you know. And he mm-hmm. said, that's the best chance for me to get one. You got, How can you blame uh, somebody for doing that? You know, of course, it's going to be these naysayers. But I think they uh, they were wrong in that chance, of course. He went there, and, and they got the championship, and mm-hmm. he got his ring. He got MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. he was, last year, you know, him and Westbrook, we're up three one on Oklahoma or on the Warriors. You know, they had them right where they wanted them, and they they you know they let them off the hook. Golden State's a great team. You know, they deserve their credit. But a lot of people were saying, you know, you you could have got them last year, and now you left that team and you went to the team that was already a super team, and now it's like a straight up team of Hall of Famers almost. For it's like yeah. So you know, people. And I think the hurt, argument like could be made. I think the legit. I've heard this argument is legit. They needed a team of all Hall of Famers to beat LeBron, and right. and the squad he was with. And you know the thing is for me, like I, I love LeBron. Like I'm a I am a anybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard. I'm loyal to my Houston teams. I'm a Rockets fan, but LeBron is my favorite player in the NBA. I love this guy, and. I, I'm a fan of him until he plays the Rockets. When he plays the Rockets, all, all bets are off. I'm rooting against you to the game's over. But I love this guy. He is my favorite player in the NBA. I think that he's an amazing talent. He's extremely talented. I think he's a leader oh, yeah. for the team. And here's the thing. Okay, you want to make the argument. People want to hate him because he left to go get the chip in um, Miami, which I, I didn't blame him for. But I understand why some people. But okay, but after playing with him, he was still – a lot of left in his career. A lot of juice left in the tank. The man could have went anywhere. He could have stayed in Miami, on the beaches of Miami. He could have went to L.A. and sunny California. He could have went to New York City, the big lights. The man went to Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, went back home. For no other reason, but because that's where he's from. Like, how can you not respect that? And then took the team back to back. What was it, three in a row now that they went? And they won one, right? Yeah. 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 So forgive me for not remembering, but I'm just saying, like, to me, I'm like, how can you not respect the guy? So that uh, helped him get a lot of the respect back, I think, for sure. Especially then he got Cleveland a chip, too. So that helped. But when he left Miami to go back to Cleveland, it was, there was a reason why, you know, in a way that he left Miami, though. Wade was getting old. Wade was falling apart. Bosch is having some crazy health trouble stuff going on like that and went back to Cleveland who had Kyrie Irving already great young player coming up they had the number one pick in the draft again which they traded which they should have kept Andrew Wiggins but they traded him and got him for Kevin Love so they brought Kevin Lovin so he went right back into another situation in Cleveland which it worked out great for him with you know two other really good great borderline great players so it wasn't it wasn't like he went back to nothing also but I I definitely I would. I think. I don't know. I give him a credit. I think he probably would have went back regardless. And yeah, he he's basically carried that team without him. Sure. They wouldn't want. I mean, Karen, uh, uh, Kevin Love didn't turn out to be the you know the big help that he was uh, promoted to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else? Like you mentioned, another young player. Yeah. But look, uh, Golden State. You go down the whole five, starting five. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, Peace. super. So I think uh, yeah. LeBron did a, a yeoman's 
job, and you, you know you should get credit for that. I mean, not yeah. uh, be uh, denigrated. Yeah, I think, and a lot too. I wonder how much is this the nature of the game now that people haven't adjusted to. So that's I, I want speaking. Of that, I want to ask you, Uncle Carl. So you played ball. How old were you when you started playing basketball? Oh, it wasn't until my senior year in high school. So I was gee. Uh, 16, 17, something like that. Maybe and then 18. And then you played through. Did you play on the streets? Did you play street yeah, I played before? In, uh, I played in the parks, you know, uh, uh, downtown, Mount Mars, and sometimes in Rutgers, but right around the corner, 66th Street in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And I played, I played in the street, mostly yeah. in the parks. You were telling me you played with some of the some of the street legends. Oh yeah, at one point. Yeah, right? Pablo Robinson. Uh, um, whole bunch of cats uh of course uh, uh some of the nba nba players used to come and play in in, in parks uh I played uh, against uh robinson once in a while walt dukes used to come down to mount morris and play mm. uh sat sanders you know these are old timers a lot of the cats you're talking to now you never heard of these guys but, yeah yeah but look them up back in the day yeah <laughs> yeah so google is your friend people as as my as my veronica likes to say a lot so and then and then you went to play. I went to junior college. I okay. Played for two years in junior college, mm-hmm. and we played all the uh, freshman schools, uh, freshmen of the you know the four year schools in New York State, and then junior college in New York State, Cobbleskill, Broom Tech, mm-hmm. uh, Cornell freshmen like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went to uh, after that played in the service for uh, about four years with the Air Force, right? Yeah, with the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And and then did you play after that at? No. Maryland? Okay. No. So I guess my question is, when you were, at the time when you were coming up, did guys view the NBA as a career the same way they do? Oh, sure. Some guys had dreams in their eyes. They had a dream of playing in the NBA. But as one NBA player put it, I think it was uh, um, Julius Irvin, a kid in college or playing basketball loves to play basketball has just about um, just as a, a, a much of a chance as a brain as to get becoming a brain surgeon. Mm. So you know it's not automatic. You can be the greatest player in the world, but if you can't play team ball, uh, or, you know, and if you can't play under direction, mm-hmm. if you want the ball all the time and you could care less about the rest of the five guys. Uh, you likely not to make it. Mm. So uh, it's not. It's a nice to dream to strive for, but you always should have a fallback position, like getting your education. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that's a lot of mistakes uh, of some of these kids who go into college mm-hmm. nowadays make. Mm-hmm. But uh, back- injury is only one one play away, two always too. So get that yeah. education if you can for sure. Yeah, and like with, like we were discussing earlier, it's a completely different game now. Everybody wants to be Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be. Uh, center, nope. you know, yeah. they want to be shooting out. Or, or what's the guy you mentioned from the Warriors who left and went to the Warriors? Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Now, what, he's 6'10? Yeah. Driven the ball around, uh, a playing guard sometime and then floating down. That's He's great, great talent. Mm-hmm, but sure. back in when I was playing, if you put the ball on the ground, coach said, hey, you sit on the bench. That's right. You don't put the ball on the ground. You either shoot it, turn and shoot, or you pass it out to the guard. Mm-hmm. Or then they pass it back in, and then they drop back, and then you pass it out. Mm-hmm. But none of this patting the ball, you yeah. know. So it's a, it a totally different game. And by all the youth, see, nowadays, 
they want to be Steph Curry or somebody like that. Yeah. And and from the business aspect of it, do you did players back then, I mean, guys are making what's the biggest contract right now, Tim? You know, I'm not sure. LeBron probably. I mean, but it's changing all the time because this uh, you know, the NBA is like getting um coming up on a new TV deal here. I think next year or something. Mm-hmm. LeBron's going to be making like 40 million a season in like a year or two, something like that. 40 million a season. Yeah, once this new money kicks in. You know who actually got the biggest contract in history actually was this offseason? Nobody even knows nobody even knows who he is and he's Mike Conley. If you don't know ball like that, you don't even know who he is. He's a point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. This one thing uh, uh, a lot of NBA players don't realize about these so-called big contracts like you mentioned uh, Le- LeBron got 40 million and another player might get Not 50. Yeah, he's gonna, but well, right. whatever. But um, they don't really. Sam gets his portion, then each state that they play in gets their portion, mm. and uh, and those contracts are written uh, so such that you, you your performance depends upon the performance of, of the player, mm-hmm. and and a lot of uh, players who get maybe not the forty million but twenty million dollars a year, like say that's a journeyman's wage, they wind up broke. You know, after they get out of the NBA, because they they didn't take care of the business of and of making sure that the state tax every time you play in a different state, the state gets up, they're supposed to get their portion mm-hmm. of your salary, mm-hmm. and they spend money on their friends. Oh, come on with me to yep. or such and such. I got it, mm-hmm. and they wind up without a dime to their name. The leeches. Yeah, too, too awesome. But that's why I, that, that's why you should come play for Houston because in Texas we have no state tax. <laughs> no, but Just you're right. Come play for the Knicks. You get but, more endorsement deals. It'll make up for that difference. But that's what I was gonna say. I think that's <laughs> why I feel like today a lot of the player, the hype, because of the endorsement deals, like players are, you know, they have business managers and they have um, people that are supposed to be handling those affairs, and 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 they're be advising them. Look for endorsement deals. Look for investment deals. Look for these types of things. And that's why I was asking was. Was that the case for guys back in the sixties? Oh, oh no, they they got taken advantage of on a regular basis. You know, like I was saying, well, the Celtics weren't nearly as big as they are. Uh, Nate Archibald, when he played, that was I think that was sixties, seventies. He was at one time he was the highest uh, basketball player in the NBA, and he was just pulling in four hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and at least somebody, uh, you know, he was advised well, so he kept he kept his money, so he was okay. But most of the players, they didn't make that kind of dough, and uh, and they didn't take care of it. And the majority of the players, when they finished their career, either uh, through longevity or they got uh, injured and had to leave, um, they had nothing. Yeah, you know, they're old people money. They were in debt. Yeah, that's happened with play. I, 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 um, I heard Iverson ran into some like serious, and and you know he started playing in what ninety nine, uh, or, or no no maybe, before yeah, that yeah, because before he crossed that. up Jordan. Well, they went to the right, and they went to uh, they went and played. I think that was two thousand when they played the Lakers when Iverson took them all the way to, the, you know, the NBA Finals by himself. Basically, took Game One from the Lakers, and then they lost four straight, but. Yeah, he, he came in, I think, I want to say 96, Iverson, for some reason. But I'm yeah. definitely not sure. Yeah. Iverson's, not to get too off topic, but uh, Iverson's in this uh, 
league that Ice Cube and a couple other dudes are starting started up. Um, oh, Dr. J's a coach, right? Yeah, Dr. J's. There's a lot of big names in it. Um, it's called the Big Three. It actually starts tomorrow. Well, Monday. I saw in New York. Uh, it's he, be on Fox we, Sports One. We did, uh, yeah, uh, Fox Five. One of the stations that I work for actually did a uh, special on this last week. Yeah, uh, three yeah. on three. Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah, it'd be different. There's going to be a four point shot, I guess, too, which is uh, make it a little different too. I don't know how much of a fan I am of that, but it's different for sure. Do you think the climate of uh, I believe this is related to to what we've discussed in previous episodes, uh, the information, the way TV is, all the different formats of media. Yeah. It probably opens up more doors for things. Like, cause I'd watch right. that. Right. I'll watch that. Oh, I'm going to watch some of it for sure. As yeah. long as the product is good, which it's going to, I would imagine it's going to be a pretty good product. Cause they got a lot of decent names are playing. So it'll probably be a good product. And if it is people will watch, cause they're like you said, there's so many outlets to get, entertainment on nowadays like people people will definitely watch three on three basketball i feel like i always said i think that they should have uh like another league for when you know you when you get to be a certain age they could go into the next league because some of these guys like the jordans the the pippins the they still got juice in the tank just not with the younger guys like you know when you if you retire at 30 33 34. So I mean some guys are not retiring until 40. But even at 40, like you still got to on their own time, they can still ball. President Obama was out there killing it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if they had another level to the league where now you you kind of graduate to I wouldn't call it the senior league because you're not in your 60s, but for people that are retired, you know, maybe 35 right. to 45 or just not in the league anymore for whatever reason yeah like you can play now in this league that's kind of what i this think is. it would still be competitive that's kind of what this is gonna be like there's like, there's definitely a bunch of guys that can still play that are gonna be playing yeah that's why it should be entertaining yeah how yeah, it's, it, it probably will be entertaining but it will it uh generate an audience right and it's people are, are willing to come and pay and sponsors willing to back them up yeah, that that's the big thing. I don't know how well the the WBNA is doing. Do any do you know? Uh, they, they, I mean, I don't know how well they're doing as far as financially. I mean, let's just be honest. I just think that women's basketball, unfortunately, in the USA especially, we're not. It just doesn't have the same appeal. Well, the athleticism level is so different, and yeah. you know, people want to see high flying dunks and this and that. And the women's game doesn't really have that much. Yeah, but they got they got their fundamental skills are better though for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. The girls can play. They'll they will take you to school. Oh no, no, oh, not definitely. you, not you. Yeah, yeah no. Cheryl Swoops you out there was listening. They will. Yeah, 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 No, Cheryl Swoops. I remember. And Cynthia Cooper, I remember when the when the comments first came about, yep. they were amazing. Um, and, and and at first they had a draw, but then what happened was it's like in New York, in, in New York, the Liberty, like people forget there's even a WNBA there. Right. But I I think that certain, you know, soccer, for instance, the women's soccer team draws. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, there's yeah. certain sport tennis. There's certain sports that be. It's just the for whatever reason, in America, people, they do have that draw. And I think that you're taking superstars from, you know, men's the men's basketball, the NBA. These guys are superstars. I think you, if you take superstars and you put them, and especially like what I was saying with the different formats, I think it, 
it could make money. I think that it could generate viewership and that it could make money. Are people going to spend what they spend to go watch a Knicks game? Uh, I no. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't no. know either. I don't know about yeah, that. You have to take a look at the, uh, the arena football. And I don't know how well they do, or what's the other thing? Oh, the Canadian Football League. Yeah. No, it's been around a long time, yeah. but I, yeah, I hardly ever see it on TV. Yeah, right. uh, but so that's what these older players who've uh, they they were like you, we were discussing earlier. They want to see Kevin Durant, big six foot ten, dribbling the balls, coming down and. Yeah. Dunking and slam it through. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, LeBron is getting up there. What is he? Almost thirty or 30, 38? 32. Thirty-two. Yeah. Somewhere right there. Yeah. So uh, he started seventeen, right? He was one of those. Well, yeah, coming out of high school. 18. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, so I don't know if the the he's older older guys. Uh, they if you can get the older guys who've made did the right thing and saved their money and got money left. Uh, playing golf, going to want to. Oh, my, my bones are aching. I don't want to get out there and run up and down. Right. If they're going to get anybody who that who's, who wants to watch them, yeah. you know what you got to put together of what a ten team league or something like that. That's at what least it is. Yeah. it's like eight. I think it's one, I want to say eight or something like mm-hmm. that. It's not too many. Yeah, but part so, of that will help them. I mean, they already got a TV deal, so that's yeah. huge yeah. on a big yeah. network. So yeah, and the NFL is a monster in comparison. NFL rules America. Yeah, they, I, yeah. I, I think the That's NFL right. has a lot to do with not allowing the other leagues to come in. But I, I so you know, on, on this note, I think that we'll see. At least we'll get to see. We'll yeah. see how this 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 will tell us how they do how this this league does. I'm excited to see some. Yeah, me too. I can't I can't wait to as long see as it. The product's good, I've, you know, which I feel like it, it's got a it, sh- it should be. It's got a good chance to be. And there's names you know the people, so yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, on the in regards to the NFL, the NFL is a machine. Like they, the amount of contracts and embargoes and the things that the NFL have, I think, is more than any other sport. It's it's crazy. Um, the I think they usually NFL games. Is there what's what cities do you know this maybe where NFL games don't sell out? Oh, there's a lot of them that don't sell out. Yeah, especially you know towards the end of the season, you know the team's two and seven. Oh yeah, you know nobody's trying to go to the games anymore. Me so there's a decent amount, but if they a lot of play, you know they get you get black they black it out on local TV if you don't sell out. So yeah, it's, you know it's encourage force whatever you want to call it people to buy tickets to go to the game because if you don't sell it out, then you can't see it. But like you were talking about all the different outlets now for. Now it's it's hard to deny anybody if they want to find a game they'll find it one way or another. I could find anything. I yeah. could watch anything on t or on online if I want to find it. It's true. Even, even that uh, two and seventeen uh, that what uh, we were talking about. If they're playing one of the contenders, they'll sell out. That stadium will be full. Yeah. Well, I can tell yeah. you this: a market it's market to market because in Texas, the Texans could be. One and, and they're still going to sell out, yeah. which is kind of the problem, I think. I think it's part of why Houston, like, they make such terrible sports decisions is because the the owners know that no matter what, the fans are going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, I mean, part of it. you're a Bills Certain fan, so you, you know the pain, too, as well, as, of oh, watching yeah. the team. And a Knicks fan. Yeah. And that's part, that's the problem. What's what you going just said, on with the Knicks what you right just now, said, That's Tim. part Speaking of the problem of Knicks, with the Knicks because they just sell out every game no matter what. Still, this dude, James Dolan, has no clue what that, what is going on. And, you know, they just sell out these expensive tickets, so he's got no incentive to really try to 
I don't know. And build a contender. Go in a different direction yeah. or something. I mean, he hired Phil Jackson, which I thought was not going to be a good move. I turned out to be right. I mean, I could have been wrong, but, you know, and he's just – he's he's good no matter what because the Knicks are selling out every game no matter what. And try, try getting a ticket to a Knicks game for less than $100. I mean, it's not happening. Yeah. It's just – and there's – I don't know. It's hard for – it's hard for me to, like – justify going to a Knicks game when there's, you know, 41 of them, you know, 82-game season. I'm assuming – I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure half of them are home, half of them are on, on the road. Mm-hmm. So, 41 games, I mean, $100 a ticket. I can, go to a, I can go to a Bills game, which is way more important because there's only 16 games a season, and I could pay less than that. Yeah. Even though Bills have the cheap one of the cheapest tickets in the NFL, so that's a little – not the greatest comparison because if you go to a Giants game, they're, they're up there, but – yeah, it's just I, people just keep going to the games, and these the Knicks are just have no incentive to get better in a way. I feel like yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's a look, the, just the garden itself is a big allure for people to right. want to come and go to the right. game. You know? Yeah, not necessarily at the Knicks or bottom feeders, but mm-hmm. uh, they just have a good time. They don't want to go to the garden and see a game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, and it's funny because now with the Barclays Center there, uh, have you been to the Barclays Center? I have yet? not. Uh, it's a shame. It is beautiful. It is the best sports facility in New York that I've been in. It's such a beautiful place. Well, MetLife Stadium's a pretty nice place, too. But I mean, the new Yankee Stadium is beautiful, too. Yeah. None yeah. of them are going to be the garden. I, I, I'll though. tell you my favorite. Like Uncle Carl said. I will say my favorite press lounge, media lounge, is the Yankee Stadium one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is my favorite. They, they take care of that. MSG needs to step their game up because y'all's media lounge sucks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it is true. I, 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 you know, what what do the Knicks need to do? Um, they need to get rid of Phil Jackson. Is what they need to do, in my opinion. First of all, that's where they need to start. And I know a lot of people have varying opinions on Carmelo. I mean, I, I I thought Carmelo was all right. Uncle Carl's thumbs down, and he needs to go. Which I, I I agree. You know what? You can't you can't. He doesn't make anybody better. Like LeBron makes everybody mm-hmm. on his team better. Yeah. Carmelo doesn't make anybody better. Yeah. And he's gotten old. So now that mm-hmm. stage, you know, that run to try to get the team going in that direction with Melo at the helm is over with. So now it's got to go through Porzingis, who thank God Phil's Phil's uh, senile self didn't just trade before the draft <laughs> a couple days ago. So now you got to run the team through Porzingis and hopefully, you know, make the right draft picks and try to get some free agents to come to the Garden. But people are scared because James Dolan is getting Charles Oakley put in headlocks and tag-teamed by, like, eight security guards and dragging Hall of Fame greats out of the Garden. Yeah. And uh, and, and Phil's scaring people away because he's trying to run Carmelo out of town in midseason and then he's trying to trade Porzingis. And it's just, like, it's it's rough. They both they both need to go. Unfortunately, Dolan owns the team and the Garden, so he's not going anywhere. But hopefully, Phil's on his just get out of it. Just go. It's very disappointing to because it's it's hard for me to argue that, and I've always been a huge Phil Jackson fan. I've always admired the guy as a coach, but as a coach, yeah, you can't like I I, I thought I literally thought when he when I heard he was coming, I'm like, oh my god, the Knicks are going to be running the Eastern Seaboard in the next few years, and it's just. And there's really no excuse for it. And I'll tell you, that Portsingas kid, I haven't interviewed him in a couple. I interviewed him his first game in the Garden. And you could tell. Like, first of all, he looked 12. 
I yeah. like I'm like this kid is yeah he's got a baby he face. had an innocence about him he, the the way he operated the way he even acted in the in the uh, the locker room like interacting with the other guys um you could tell that it had not dawned on him yet the level at where he was at and I mean he's and then I watched him play and I'm like this kid for his height. Talk about big yeah. men that can play. I'm like, yeah, he's got some Hakeem moves in there. Yeah, he can ball. And and, and and it makes me think of like, and he stays healthy for the most part, does he not? Um, Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. Especially, I mean, he's young, so he should be staying relatively healthy. But when you're seven foot three, it's uh, Oh, know, he's a giant. Yeah, yeah. One problem with your foot, giant. things start going downhill fast. So yeah. hopefully – God willing, Yao he stays Ming's out syndrome. there. You don't get right. Yao Ming's right. syndrome. Right, Yao or just a lot of guys. I mean, Sean Bradley, just dudes throughout history in the NBA. A lot of times big men have a problem with their feet. And then, you know, Bill Walton and just, just whoever, you, however far back you want to go, it's it's hard for big guys to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Who, who would you like to see? Who do you think would be smart? If you could make the calls, if you could – Oh, my God. If they could put you in <laughs> Phil's seat for a minute, who would you uh, – Bring to the Knicks? Yeah, what would be the smartest realistic moves that they could do that they should be doing? Uh, that's tough to say, man, because I'm not exactly sure who's going to be out there. You know, right this offseason isn't really the the greatest offseason for, you know, yeah. franchise-changing Wh- players. They, whoever they get has to have a adaptable mind and to be able to meld and work with what, what he has, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at least to try to – be not necessarily a contender in the first season, but be able to build from what he has and go to the next season. Okay, uh, boss, we need this, that, or the other, and then go not trying to do like Phil Jackson say, "Well, I'm going to build them just like I did the Lakers." Mm-hmm. You can't take what you did in the past right. and try to mold players that don't have those skills into to the, the teams that you've won three or four championships with. you got to yep. look at and, and add to it and get people to be patient, you know, in maybe two or three years. Okay, we got a team that can contend. You see, you got to have coaches with that mentality and owners with that mentality to try to build a team when you, or if you don't have right. but maybe one good prospect like you were mentioning uh, uh, the big center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to build around him, get some players, you know, that, that can complement him. And um, he don't necessarily have to be a, a, a hard way or, or, you know, driven the ball out and all this kind of stuff. But get some guards and, you know, just build around and, and, and be patient. That's the kind of coach you need. Yeah. And in the front office that will look at the draft, don't be looking at the superstar. Oh, there's a guy in the fourth round. I watched him play in college. He look, he's pretty good. He's a team player. He can shoot too. You know, like that. So that's how, that's what the Knicks have to do instead of trying to buy a championship right off the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Phil, Phil's that's part. Like you were saying, he needs to be more adaptable. He's trying to do the same thing that he was doing with the Lakers yeah. and the and the Bulls. He's still trying to run the triangle. The triangle is basically, well, according to a lot of people anyways, it's outdated for one. And you don't got Jordan and you don't got Kobe on the Knicks, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or Shaq or right. Scotty, you know, any you, we could go down the line. I, I'm a big, uh, I say Phil is, you know, I've always said Phil is a little overrated. I think I think just about anybody could have coached some Jordan teams and Shaq and Kobe's oh, yeah. championships. So My grandmother could have coached ego. teams that he had. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've always said. I said Phil is – Whatever, he gets. You know, you got. You can't knock him. He's got all the rings, mm-hmm. eleven total. But he's always had talent, right? Right. He's great. Always had not talent. Not talent. It's all time greats. I mean, Kobe, mm-hmm. Kobe and Jordan, 
two of the best ever. And then Shaq, the most dominant big man in the last 30 years, probably, you know, it's like mm-hmm. 20 at least, like, you know. My argument, though, to that is always that none of those players, with the exception of Shaq, and that's because he was on the heat with Pat Riley um, coming down on the floor and taking control of the team, have ever won a ring when he wasn't their coach. So that that's always this is why I've always been a Phil Jackson fan and why I feel that like he was very relevant. I know the debate is oh coaches are overrated. I was felt he's relevant because he the year he wasn't on the Lakers did they even make the playoffs? Oh, when I'm, he left that year he left I don't even think they made the playoffs. I might be mistaken and they might have went to like the first round, but I know they didn't make it far. And well the the year Jordan left he didn't make he didn't win the chip. Yeah, but that's because the rock or the Knicks. Uh, was it the Knicks or the pay- the Knicks, right? And they were a bad team then. Oh, the Knicks well, were great. Well, you, that might be true what you're saying, but uh, the talent was oh, still that's there. Right. No, no, Jordan right. came back then, though. The, yeah. well, the he Knicks missed, knocked him out he when Jordan went. one year, and then, yeah, people think that, you know, Jordan was gone for two whole years. Jordan was gone not for two whole years. He was gone for a year and then the beginning well, he of the played baseball or and something. And then he played, he, yeah, he went yeah. and played for the yeah. White and, Sox. And I, I know this because people like to discredit, love to discredit the Rockets, and, and I'm like, shut up. Say if Jordan was there, they yeah, no, nothing. we would have because we beat them every game in the season, and I, I'll never forget one particular game. I don't know the year at <laughs> the year after. Well, well, they went the, the 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 Jordan they got knocked out of the playoffs like you said, exactly, and we people, went on we forget that and we went on to win right. to sweep. He was there. He came back the second, <laughs> and, and that Rocket season, squad basically. was. Talk about super teams. Like, I'll admit it. That Rockets squad was a squad. Great you know? team. I mean, two two in a row. The, 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 the back-to-back championships with two different squads, really. I mean, you had some of the same key players, but, like, the second year when we swept the Magic, and I remember – I remember the, the, the media was Rockets haters. Man, Bill Walton hated the Rockets. Like, he <laughs> never would give these guys props. And, and like, I remember the, the commentary when we were getting ready to play the uh, – the magic and Bill Walton saying something like, Oh, the Rockets are not going to find it so easy this time. And I'm sitting there thinking easy. Then with seven games with the Knicks, how much easier does it get? And we ended up uh, sweeping the magic that, that series. Hakeem. But I mean, we, I mean, we had Hakeem, we had Drexler, we had Ellie, we had Robert Ory and Sam Cassell who were just not even in their prime yet. We had Cassell was a rookie, right? The first year. Or was it the second year he was a rookie? The, no, the first year he was a rookie. The yeah. first, the first ring run, and he he was a be- I mean, he was a, he would come off the bench and just light it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was amazing. Robert Ory was my favorite player in the, in the NBA. Still one of my favorite players of all time. I yeah. mean, he was amazing. Big shot, Bob. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 but but the thing is, back to the main point before coming back to super teams is that. I am, I, you know, it's kind of hard to argue. Like, that Phil has not done a good job. Oh, he's <laughs> done New a York. terrible job. <laughs> in New York. I'm Horrible. Like, I don't know what you're doing. He I fell don't know. into Porzingis. I don't know if you care, nah. if you just don't care anymore because you're, you, you're like, oh, no, He you. won't even go on the team with road trips. The only place he was going was to L.A. because his fiance was out there, and she got she canned him now too, just like the Knicks mm. need to do. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, and and I'm like, pull up Pat Riley. Pat Riley, when he became GM of the Heat, and and who was it oh, that was there? Van Gundy, or yeah. before or after? Who that they had to get rid of, and then Pat was like, I'm gonna come down to the floor, and I'm gonna take right. Stuff. It was, yeah, it was Van Gundy, and they won, and and and, and the Heat won. Right, and then the, he threw Eric Spolster in there, who was who had been coming up underneath him. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that was a, that was an amazing team. That was what Shaq, Alonzo, uh, Dwayne Wade, Birdman. Uh, Bosch wasn't there yet at that no, point. No, not for the nope, not for the run with Shaq and yeah. Wade, Wade. But which brings me to this whole argument about super teams. So a lot of people that are the Durant heads, and, and look, look, I root against. I'm like I said, I'm a Rockets fan, so I always root against anybody in the West because I'm a Rockets fan. Right. Um, but I respect. I didn't care. Like I'm like I'm not gonna take it away from the man that he chose to go there. And this whole argument of super teams, I'm like, there's been tons of super teams. I mean, now granted, you do have. There's some Hall of Famers there. This but, is, but on another level, almost. But you're right. I mean, is it is it is it? I mean, do you lose merit if you play on a super team or? I mean, a, what, a little, uh, in what my do you mean opinion. lose merit? You, about your skills as a, a, a ball player, and you're not as good as you are good because you were with, with five other good people or super just people. Your, yeah. Just your, chi- a, your 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 championship the, the doesn't mean as much yeah. as if you mm-hmm. would have stuck with OKC and got it or something in Durant's in Durant's you know case or whatever. Is that fair? It might not be fair, but life's not fair. But I'm not fair, I guess, because I don't think I don't I don't think it would have meant as much as he would have stuck in OKC and got one. Yeah. But it's because I'm selfish because I didn't want to see – basically the whole regular season was a farce because everybody, which I guess they could end up being wrong, but they weren't, said there was this was, you know, all for naught because it was going to be Golden State and Cleveland in the finals again just like it was, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it hurts I'm, – I'm selfish because it hurts my – it just makes the regular season – it devalues the regular season into almost nothing like, all right, when do the playoffs start? Yeah. And well, when does the final start, really? Because this is this is it's a wrap that they're going to be meeting each other almost. I don't know why people would you know get upset about that because Boston won thirteen championships, almost all in a row. Evidently, yep. not all of them, but most of them. And, and they love everybody. Loved it. oh the Boston Celtics. They had a great team. They got Kuzi. They got this Russell, and the Jones boys, and like that. And and of course the other teams. We want to beat the Celtics. But they won 13 championships, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody uh, – so, well, they this, that, and they, they weren't – most of those playing weren't superstars. The Jones brothers weren't – I mean, weren't brothers, but, you know, mm-hmm. Sam right. and Casey Jones, they weren't superstars. And uh, Jungle Jim Nuskatoff and those guys and, and uh, what's the other guy? Havlicek. Yeah, John. And they, they were good, really good play team players. They played team ball. They had the coach knew how to put them together. And now the owners want instant success, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's an agent, free agency. Free agency. They don't want to take the time to build a championship team. Mm-hmm. Except the smart, some of the smart ones, uh, pick a piece here and there, and and, and become contenders. Uh, in a few years down the right. line. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's where you got to give Golden State though their credit because yeah. they built that. T- like Durant, yeah, he's the new addition. They already won mm-hmm. a chip without Durant. He's the new flashy addition, though. Second best player in the NBA, in my opinion. So you add it to a team that just went to two straight finals, won one of them. I mean, that's tough. But everybody else, Curry, they drafted. Yeah. Um, Clay Thompson, they drafted. Draymond Green, they drafted. You yeah. Know, they got some other free agents, but those are the key three before Durant. Yeah. And they drafted all those dudes. So like Carl was saying, you got to build a team from within. You got to be smart. You got to make smart decisions with your with the draft, really, is what it comes down to a lot. You can buy all the fancy free agent pieces you want to, and you never know what might happen. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. nice to have the talent, and hopefully things work out, but you got to build teams through the draft. That almost goes for every sport. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
were you still in New York when the Knicks won their last championship? Yeah. I mean, I was way back. I was in high school or junior 70s. high. Seventy. When I was in seventy, yeah, that's when Willis Reed broke his uh, sprained his leg or or something like that. It was sprained and could play. Right. Then he came out came out all hurting and, and uh, he couldn't really perform, but he played and they Gave won. Gave the team that boost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had uh, what's the name? Walt. Yeah, Walt Frazier and a couple other cats. Dave DeBusher, was he on that? Was he, uh, he was Phil later. Jackson on the Knicks? Yeah, he got a chip with the Knicks as a player. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yeah, so, yeah uh, let's yeah. not talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, this guy was on the Knicks the last time they won a championship. Oh, God. He's, yeah, Pearl, he's, the Earl Monroe done? was on there. And, yeah. Oh, Earl Monroe. Yeah, yep. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, the super team argument. So, the transition – is it, it? Do you think people are selective and when it's a problem? Because I never hear anybody said about the Yankees really, and so yeah. if, if you're gonna hate players for going to like Kevin Durant for going to Golden State joining the super team, shouldn't you feel that way about every player that goes to the Yankees in most occasions? You should have. Yeah. I mean, everybody except uh, everybody except Yankee, Yankee fans hated the Yankees. That's what I was gonna say. That yeah, was, they got tons of hate. They even made a years. movie about the damn Yankees. They still hate the Yankees. They right still now. hate the we Yankees. We haven't done. We've won one championship in like the last like seventeen years, mm-hmm. and they still hate us. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that dominant days are over. Then, but right. people just love. It's it's just like a cultural thing, you know. Oh, we got to hate the Yankees. Right. Yeah. And they were. But uh, the Yankees. We're a, we're a great team, you know. One, mm-hmm. one, uh, the last century, four out of you know, 96, 98, 99, 2000. So they were a super team in a way, but the core of that team were all like you got to build through the draft. You got to, mm-hmm. yeah, Derek Jeter, Jeter, Posada, yeah. Mo Rivera, Andy Pettit, El Duque, mm-hmm. um, Bernie Williams. You know, the core guys were really just were homegrown Yankees. So when they you're like you're talking about building a super team, when the Yankees started building super teams, that's when they stopped winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't win. We haven't we won one in two thousand nine and but since two thousand they hadn't won anything and since two until two thousand nine. And granted, you know, they were spending way more money than everybody else and they were bringing in all these big free agents, but it didn't it didn't get them championships. It did keep them contenders annually. And that's why there's still there's always been a ton of Yankee hate. There probably always will be. Cause always the will best. be. I mean, that's a cultural. But, yeah. just a, it's just a cultural thing. The, right. the people hate them. They don't even know why. Oh, people. Oh, we're supposed to hate the Yankees. Yeah, but people forget. I said, how it bad is. It yeah. Is, yeah. Or how long yeah. it's been. I mean, I don't hate really the Yankees. I can't hate the Yankees. It was the first baseball game my grandfather ever took me to was a Yankees game. But I'm a diehard Astros fan, and I actually am hoping that the Astros and the Yankees play in the playoffs this postseason so that way I can sit in the press box and watch the game because <laughs> yeah. I'm a cheap bastard. Well, but, uh, and they beat the Yankees last time. You probably got had that opportunity. Yeah, too. every time. I shouldn't say this because people listening might try to, to block me, but every time I am at Yankee Stadium when the Astros and Yankees play, the Astros win. Well, we're going to have to get your press pass revoked. So. <laughs> I'll find another way in. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, that sounded super team. So before we're, we're starting to run out of time, but bef- so before we run out of time, I want to talk about something else. Uh, moving on to uh, fighting. 
coming up for the first time ever in history, um, other than charity events, from what I understand, we're going to have uh, a super fight where Conor McGregor, an MMA fighter, is going to fight Floyd Mayweather, who is a you know arguably one of the best boxers in the world in his weight class of all time. Um, Tim, does Conor have a chance? He's got a puncher's chance, like they say. They attribute to other sports all the time, but that, that obviously the phrase comes from fighting because when Conor hits people, they go down. A lot of times, you Conor hits somebody, they go down. But Floyd is so hard to hit. That's his. That's the mastery of Floyd Mayweather Jr. He's you can't. T- he's it's hard to t- it's hard to put a glove on him. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not an MMA glove, which is basically just a little bit of little bit of a fabric over your knuckles. It's a boxing glove, so that's gonna soften the blow a little bit. But I would say he's got a he's got a puncher's chance. Yeah. But I mean. As as far as just a boxing match goes, I mean Floyd's probably gonna school him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did but you did you when you were coming up in your day? Let's see, who were the big fighters? Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier, um, Pat, um, uh, Floyd Patterson, uh, and what's the guy selling cookware now? Oh, Foreman, George, George Foreman. Foreman. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, the battles between Ali and Frazier are you know epic, you know, and. Um, those were the big names when I was when I was coming up. Do you watch? Have you watched Mayweather fight? I think I saw. That's with the kickboxing and hitting. No, no, that's no, MMA. I'm talking guy. about Floyd Mayweather. No, I, I've never seen him fight. So here's the here's the here's the argument. Some people say, yeah, and the level of boxing now compared to what it used to be. Like a lot of people used to hear the Tyson versus. Ali argument, mm, like, mm. oh, who would win out of a fight? And, oh, yeah, it's hard to, to, and, to say. And, right. and I used to always say, hands down, Ali would beat the brakes off of Tyson. Yeah. Until I went back and I watched the I watched the Tyson uh, Razor Ruddick fight. So I watched the Razor Ruddick and Tyson fight, and I never saw that as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was a slugfest, and it went the distance. And I was like, whoa. So Tyson, I'm like, I just never really saw a Tyson fight where he went the distance and he won. Like, he always seemed to get beat by people that he went the distance with. So after watching that fight, I'm like, that you know, this guy was taking some blows. I mean, I think arguably I'm watching tape of Joe Frazier and what I've heard people, they say that Joe Frazier hit just as hard as Tyson did or arguably harder that he was like a, a monster right so i guess that was kind of the, the 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 debate and so bringing it back to floyd mayweather like you have people that are like he's the greatest fighter ever he's no way. he's undefeated and then you have, and then you have you know people are like no nah, he's terrible now here's the thing about floyd they say he's undefeated but i saw that fight with him and de la hoya and i was kind of like I, I thought de la hoya won that I thought De La Hoya, I'm like, he was beat. He was tagging this guy up. Landed way more hits. And then there was the fight where Floyd was fighting Zab Judah. And he knocked him down. And they didn't call it. So I feel like there's all these factors you got to take into play of things that don't get called, things that happen. I kind of stopped watching boxing back when... 
uh, a, I started to get into MMA a little more, and B, I, I saw like two different fights where I was like, that was just BS, yeah. bad calls, and I and yeah. I was like, I think this is like rigged. So I didn't watch boxing as much. I still would watch fights here and there. The Floyd Mayweather fights that I watched were so boring, so so boring. boring. Like I, I think he definitely beat Manny Pacquiao. Like he outscored him. Like I thought that that was clear. There was no argument there, but it was boring. It, I felt like I wasted. Time out of my life. Time and money. I was like, this was a waste of time. Yeah, I agree. Um, For me, I'd say the odds say that Floyd Mayweather should win hands down. Right. Easy. Because of the fact that he's a boxer. And Conor McGregor's not a boxer. He's MMA. So in a box, and it's a boxing match. It's not an MMA match. If it was an MMA match, Conor would destroy him. But looking at it objectively, I think we can agree. If if Connor is going to win, he has to knock him out. It's the only way he's going to win. Absolutely. Would you agree? Oh. That's the only way he's going to win is by a knockout. Nobody can outbox Floyd Mayweather, really. Yeah. So if I'm going to be objective, I'd say this is the one advantage Connor might have because in the last few years, Mayweather's big thing is I'm a run from you. He runs, he avoids hits, he parries, and – when you hold the belt, you ju- usually a decision is going to go your way mm-hmm. unless somebody knocks you down and you don't yeah. knock them down. Mm-hmm. So he manages to win that way. Yeah, the uh, tie, go- tie goes to the champ usually. You got to beat the champ to beat the champ is usually mm-hmm. what they say, you know. And he's great at just avoiding. Right. So Best defensive fighter maybe ever for sure. Yeah. He so one of the he's, – he's boring. Yeah, so I would say the one advantage Conor might have – is that because he is an MMA fighter and he's trained and grappling and getting, he might be able, his body and muscle memory might give him an advantage of the ability to get into Floyd in a way that boxers might not necessarily, who basically train feet, duck, all their body movement is defensive. As of uh, the Floyd won by knocking anybody out. Not in like some some not he's he's knocked he's I, I think he's almost I think he's forty nine and zero right now he's knocked out his fair share of guys. So this guy um, he, um he's not he's not a, a long he time. He's not a knockout artist by any means. Not at a long this, time. You know, what he you say punch. about Connor? He he's probably a lot slower than than Merriweather. If he gets in there too close and crunchy, Floyd might be just waiting for that one shot and. Pow. See, that's the argument, is mm-hmm. that if he does get in there, will Mayweather knock him out? Now, here's the thing. Well, he, he just has to knock him down and get knocked down himself, you say. Here's the thing, though. Connor is tough. Mm-hmm. Mayweather hasn't knocked anybody out in a long time. And, and, and how old is May Floyd now? 43? 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Connor's only 28. Oh, that's that's a, that's a advantage on his side. And, and Connor has got a very too. hard mm-hmm. head. He's got a hard head. And he's ta- he's taking hits from like you know in MMA they use they don't use full weight gloves they use small gloves so you're getting mm-hmm. hit with a fist. Mm-hmm. So Connor has taken some nasty blows. Um, the one fight that I saw him lost, he didn't get knocked out. He just they had to stop the fight. Right? What it was? Who was it? Nick well, Diaz? The, him and it was uh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, who he then turned around and beat. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor gassed out. Yeah, yeah, and, and and he took it, and he you know he took he was like. Yeah, he got me. He humbled. He he was humble about defeat. He fought him again and beat him. Um, and he went up in weight class, a huge jump because Nate Diaz couldn't come down to the yeah, weight class. That's that right. He, he did. He so went Connor's up. fighting people at 145 pounds. I'm pretty sure that fight was at 170. Yeah, 
And the thing about Connor is Connor does have a knockout blow. Now, mind you, he does it with, you know, the, they're, they're not using 12-pound gloves. They're using 10-pound gloves in this contest, which could also be an advantage for Floyd mm-hmm. because it's a lighter glove, but and a disadvantage for Connor because he has to now punch with a 10-pound glove on. But, I mean, Connor, 10 pounds. Yeah, or 10 ounce. I'm sorry, 10 pounds. (laughs) That'd be interesting. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah, not pounds, ounce, ounces. Thanks for that correction. No, no, they're not using 10 pounds gloves. Um, So a 10-pound glove. But, I mean, he's got a knockout blow. He's not got – I remember the fight, the one fight we were watching. Who was it? It was like eight seconds. Jose Aldo. Aldo. He he went out there and just bam. People were saying was unstoppable. Was unstoppable. Because he'd been dominating that weight class for – Good, couple, a good few years. I'm not sure how long. Three years, four years, maybe. Yeah. Um. So, objectively speaking, I, you know, I think a he does have to knock him out, and if he can get to him, maybe he, if if the gloves, the ten ounce gloves aren't a factor, he could knock Floyd out if he actually is able to hit him. Right. Um. And the other thing is, is that will he be able to withstand the hit from Floyd if Floyd counterpunch? You know, tags. How, how much are they the same uh, weight or is it no? no? They, well, they, yeah, they they have to be in the class. They're gonna in the class, gonna, but uh, you know, they're, Connor's they're a close, bigger guy. They're close to the and same two, size. Two guy. inch advantage. Connor has. I don't know. I know he's got a reach advantage. I don't know if he's yeah, any taller though. Two inch uh, reach advantage. He. I think he's taller because there's might be a picture. A, maybe he's an inch taller. So he's like a big dude, like muscular. Um, I would be amazed if his Floyd hands. Knocked him they were out. talking about his hand. Like uh, Connor has some really big hands. I I I don't know much about I know I know about the old time boxing and all where the weight and the age made a big difference. I don't For know sure. how it is now because maybe uh, Floyd is just as uh, good a shape as a guy twenty. Floyd Who stays knows? in shape. He doesn't but stop still, training. He's gonna be in shape. Forty years well, old, yeah. your right. reflexes get down a right. little bit. Right. So, Absolutely. Uh, no. You'd have to. Father Time was undefeated. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and so he's had a layoff big, too. You know, he's been he's forty, and he's been he's had a layoff. Two years. That's now. a big age yeah. difference. Yeah. And Absolutely. if uh, if 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 Connor's trainers say, look, you have to take advantage of what you do best. You right. got twelve years on this guy, yeah. uh, and you got the knockout punch, uh, and he probably can't hit as hard as you. So you mm-hmm. probably can get in and take a little bit, and right. then you can put the hammer on him. Right. Yeah. That's gonna be his game plan. Yeah. And I, you had an interesting, you know, point of view of saying. You know, he's a MMA fighter, so maybe his approach will be a little bit different as opposed to all the traditional boxers. And maybe that could help him, you know, get into position yeah. in a different way that it might not just a straight-up boxer to land that blow that he's got to land to win the fight. Yeah. Because yeah. that is his only chance. He is Absolutely. not out boxing Floyd Mayweather. But Floyd also, I mean, if Floyd knocked out Conor McGregor, man, I would – I would, you, you could have my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not man. happening. Yeah. Well, there well, you heard it. Not punch knockout anyways. I mean, if yeah. it's getting late and and Connor is standing there just, you know, because that's another thing, though. He doesn't he doesn't fight, you know, at the most he does five, you know, 25 minutes in the ring. Championship MMA fight is five five-minute rounds. Yeah. But, the you know, he gassed out against Nate Diaz oh, in, yeah. like, the third round. Yeah. So, hopefully he's learned his mistake. But Con- or, uh, Floyd Floyd could box all day long. Yeah. He's not gassing out. That dude will go. So, in fact, even, I think even, he even gets, at 40, he's I not I think he, like, out. gets that second win with Floyd. So, yeah, I think you're right. So. Yeah. But, so, we're getting to the end here. Uh, Man, thank, thank you guys for 
for being part of this. This is uh, I'm glad to have uh, had this family fairness first sports edition. We're gonna do more. Uh, we will do more sports editions. And uh, hey, send us an email if you got any thoughts on this show, uh, on this topic, or previous shows. As always, send us an email at uh, t lee t-i-l-i truth radio at gmail.com uh follow us on instagram and twitter and like us on facebook telling it like it is official radio show uh you can hear us on firing squad network and on soundcloud this is telling it like it is telling it like it is is produced by myself matt ely zara vignola and veronica ely We're not Democrats, we're not Republicans, we're not conservatives, we're not liberals, we are realists, and we're always telling it like it is.